looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Pass the Post for Sunday the 8th of May. Where do we start? We had a big day of racing right around Australia yesterday. Of course, it was Group 1 racing continuing as part of the Adelaide Carnival with the Sangster Stakes and Snap Dancer. She made light work of on the outside barrier to lead all of the way. Of course, we had the big Hollandale Stakes Day at the Gold Coast, at Aquas Park Gold Coast, and Zaki went back-to-back. He now goes to the Dooman Cup. Great day of racing at Gosford and the inaugural running of the Archer in Rockhampton. So Nathan X will be... We've got a lot to cover this morning. Yeah, we do. Good morning, David. Morning, listeners. And um, yeah, plenty of highlights. Not, not so much on my highlight reel yesterday. I'm not sure about yours. but um, Did you lose, did you? Yes. Heavily. Yeah, I, I didn't have many bets. I think I was lucky that I, I did. <laughs> but um, I had a little bit on Xenifer, so that was <coughs> saved on Xenifer. Back Yamazaki saved on Xenifer. But anyway, look, uh, it was a great day uh, right around Australia yesterday. So let's make a start. And, of course, we'll go firstly to the Gold Coast. We'll cover on this off on this meeting. Uh, a very heavy track, a very testing track, an arduous track. And I think that's evidence when you look at the results this morning. I think the average uh, margin from first to last was about 18 lengths. So some horses were pretty tired and pretty weary going up the straight. But not so this horse, who was the odds-on favourite at $1.45 in the Hollandale Stakes. His name is Zaki, of course, and he was attempting back-to-back wins in this Group 2 feature. Straightening for home in the Hollandale and Zaki. Going great guns for McDonald. Ayrton is immediately gone. Passed by Polly Gray and Cucaracha running on. Coventina Bay getting a move on as well. Zaki in front. McDonald gets a little anxious. 1-2 with the shillelagh. They've got 100 left to run. Polly Gray trying her heart out. So too is Cucaracha. It's Zaki in front. It's Zaki all the way. Back to back Hollandale. Too good, too classy. Simple as that. Zaki beat Polly Gray, third was Cucaracha, fourth Wetor, then Coventina Bay, Hungry Hard, Zaydani yet and dropped off. Dashie Willoughby, Calding, and Hale Manhattan whipped them in in 154 and 7. Well, under the care of Annabelle Nisham, Zaki has now won eight uh, big races, his second Hollandale yesterday. Expected to win $1.45. We, we uh, were anticipating a shortening of the price even yesterday morning. It, it turned out that way. And painless for favourite backers, uh, leading all the way, but maybe just a little anxious in the straight, not getting away when we were when we were expecting mm. him to increase that margin. I'd say painless to an extent because it was just a little flicker. Um, Post race commentary from James McDonald suggested that you know, he he wasn't confident. Like even at the eight hundred, he thought, "Oh, this is this is the horse just wasn't loving the ground there yesterday." And we'll talk about this through the morning, but it was a. The track rating in the heavy range, but it was a gluey wet track, and and they're I think the, some of the worst to bet on, but they're difficult for horses. We saw Zaki so handle the heavy ten in the Queen Elizabeth so well, but that gluey track yesterday where it just starts to dry and it becomes really heavy going, he just wasn't wasn't loving it. Just on that that <coughs> point too, and it's worth pointing out, worth uh, bringing some facts up here. The Gold Coast, they do a tremendous job. They race nearly every Saturday of the year, and we've had. Not as badly as, as Sydney. But uh, just look at the, the, the tracks at the Gold Coast at Aquas Park. The 26th of the 3rd, the last Saturday in March, heavy 9. And then through April, heavy 10, heavy 9, heavy 8, heavy 8. And then they had that two-week gap. But obviously it just retains moisture. And if you don't get a lot of rain, 
That's how yeah, it, it just needs to, just tops it up, doesn't it? And a lot of people are saying, yes, you know, it would have been actually better if a shower of rain had come through in the morning, just to loosen it up a little bit, bit more. We had that shower of rain, I think, just before the the last yesterday, but. Um, Nonetheless, the best horse comes to the four and wins. He's won $4.5 million in his last five starts, uh, 7.2 overall. So it's been a remarkable story since it was this race last year that he really announced himself. A couple of points uh, um, around the win. Going onto the track, similar to Friday, very fresh. Mm. Uh, you know, bullish, bucking around. Yeah, well, you refer to Friday. That was that was a near disaster, wasn't it? Uh, the Annabelle Nisham, good enough to do the, the media call there on Friday. Plenty of media in attendance. The, the, the club all put that together to their credit. And the flickering of the cameras set the horse off and uh, she had to hang on for dear life. Fortunately, nothing uh, untoward happened, but the, the, the presser was wrapped up soon after that and, and then he carried it on yesterday as well. So um, James McDonald sort of says he has to have his wits about him whenever he's with Zaki. And then reading uh, a comment in this morning's press that Everything was sweet, smooth sailing early. He got a bum from another horse and mm. that sort of fired him up. But then it, he spotted a bird on the yes. track in the back straight and that slowed him down. <laughs> that made yeah, him relax. That, that helped him a bit. So he was a little fired up and, um, yeah, three quarters of a length of margin in the end. Nothing like what we saw last year. Um, Polly Gray, an absolute gun wet tracker, runs second. She was suited by the condition. You'd think she'll race well again in the Doom and Cup given the forecast we've got. Um, but... There's no case you'd want to make for any others yesterday, is there, to, to turn the tables in a Doom and Cup? No, and, and Kukaracha, who I was unimpressed with despite winning in that Tales of Doom, but I thought he ran out of his skin yesterday. He, well, <coughs> neither of Polly Gray or Kukaracha lost any ground on Zach. No, he, he made a, a fleeting sort of challenge, Kukaracha. I think he's a on target for Q22, Kukaracha. My suspicion is Zaki won't be there for that race. And that being the case, it opens it right up. And Cookerarch is a Group One winner at Eagle Farm last year. And, gee, I think he's he's on target to go very well in that race. It was being sort of half billed uh, as as a match between Zaki and Air Tom. Well, I think that that narrative fizzled out mm. as we we got to the barriers, and and Air Tom was was the second favourite, but he was around seven dollars fifty. He raced keenly as well. First go eighteen hundred, and uh, was also found to be mildly lame in the near four legs. So. I suppose that casts some sort of doubt on, on his immediate preparation. Well, Hugh Bowman's comments suggest that he has doubts on him staying. I I wrote about this last week. I was surprised Ayrton wasn't nominated for the Stradbroke. Mm. Just in case the staying caper didn't work out. Um, we saw it, was it how old am I? I remember Dan, Dan Singer in 96. He flopped in the Hollandale and they, they changed tack, didn't go onto the Dooman Cup and freshened him up for the Stradbroke and he, he won the Stradbroke. To me, Ayrton's just... A, an ideal Stradbroke horse, and hopefully you know, that's not the end of it for this campaign. I would, I'd love to see possibly a, a rethink and sort of, okay, we'll throw in a late nom and see see how we go. Zaki's $1.65 now on tab, all in for the Demon Cup. That seems pretty reasonable odds. Yeah, it is, but you know, I'm I'm personally sort of thinking, well, $1.65 sitting there for two weeks... If I gave um, you a thousand now, you wouldn't put it on. You just spend it another way. If it was your thousand, I would <laughs> immediately. <laughs> but the, the, probably, the point is, if the race was run tomorrow, it'd be more like a dollar thirty. Yeah, and just to expand on that point, what I'm saying, when I was saying reasonable, I think actually uh, maybe maybe generous. It on six dollars. Well, he couldn't possibly beat it. Well, well he's the second favourite. Missing so, a zero. Yeah, and, and then Polly Gray at eight. And I suppose you don't have to totally rely on the track still being wet, but she's far more effective on wet. Wet or I thought wet or ran well yesterday, mm. not far away. 
is at eleven dollars, and, and Cucaracha at eleven dollars. So, as far as the Demon Cup is concerned, I don't see the landscape changing that much. No, and the, 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 I mean the, field, the nominations are out now, so there's no real left fielders to look out for. And then the, the simple fact is there's. There's very few horses that can go Ozaki at 2,000 metres in the whole of the country, let alone the ones who are being aimed at this carnival. It was unfortunate about the track yesterday, but it is what it is. That's what we have to play with. But despite all of that, I thought one of the best finishes mm -hmm. I've seen in some time and, and, and races to call was the, the Brandon's Gold Coast Guineas. Listen to this uh, epic struggle between these two very good three-year-olds, Prince of Boom and Sword of State. The Guineas field straight up to the turn. 4.50 left to run. They shift away from the rail. Great offence joined by Sword of State, who's travelling the better. Prince of Boom's trying to knuckle down to the task and come after Sword of State. They break clear from Joyous Legend, Miss Hipstar, Zarastro and Meritable. Sword of State and Prince of Boom, they're in a duel. The big guns in the market. Toe-to-toe -to -toe they go. Sword of State, Prince of Boom. Sword of State has it narrowly. Prince of Boom won't give up. Head and head from Great Offence. Here they go to the line. Photo finish and I'm not having a go no way Jose sort of state or Prince of Boom Prince of Boom sort of state from great offense then Merritt that was a fantastic finish then Mystic Aroma Miss Hipstar Rhapsody Rose Zetha Zarastro Emmy Regina Peregrination four moves ahead May Rose and Joyous Legend it was a fantastic finish a nose was the uh difference between them and it went the way of Prince of Boom and he deserved every bit of that win because things didn't go his way. I think many were expecting him to, to zip out and probably be in front but it wasn't a great getaway. He, he was wide, maybe not a disadvantage on that track but he had to fight hard and he did. Of course Adrenaline Thoroughbreds um, uh, race Prince of Boom. They were there in big numbers yesterday. Paul Beater from Adrenaline is joining us this morning as our special guest. Paul, congratulations. Thanks, David. It was a thrill. I'm sure it was. The first question I've got for you is, did you think you'd... Where were you watching it and did you think you'd won? Well, I thought I was in the perfect position to, to watch the finish, like right in front of the post, and no, I thought we'd <laughs> gone down. It, it, the horse, the um, sort of state, was past us, I think just past the post if you you know watch it in slow motion he was, sort of <laughs> he was in front everywhere but the post no nah, i thought we'd gone down so it was a nice surprise when the photo came I'm out sure it was um it was like winning it twice <laughs> paul nathan here congratulations um it's been a remarkable reversal of fortunes for everyone involved in this horse hasn't it from where you were last spring and the, the disappointment of those two defeats where it came to light with the throat operation and, and then what he's done since so just take us back to that point. Was it always hopeful that, well, obviously hopeful, but the diag the original diagnosis, Did you were you confident you could get him back to the sort of form we saw as a two-year-old? Oh, never confident, Nathan. We've had a bit of experience with breathing issues and we haven't had a lot of success trying to get them back. Um, but I think things have changed a lot uh, lately. They're... they're operating on them standing up at UQ. Um, they seem to be getting the tiebacks done in a much better position and getting much better results. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, no, nah, we, we were just hopeful, you know. He, he was such a good horse, you had to give the chance to, but it, it, it's probably worked out better than, than we ever imagined. Um, people ask all the time, do we think we've got the same sort of horse that we had 
you know, previous to the operation and, and just watching him race since he'd come back, you know, you'd have to think that, that we've got pretty much 100% of Prince of Boom back, yeah, I would I, say. So I, I'd say 100% and a bit more because, uh, as I said yesterday, nothing went his way and it was courage. I mean, that was... The, I haven't seen a good good stoush like that broadcasting races for some time and they were not neck and neck. They were nose and nose and, and, and uh, it was just the bob that, that went your way. So I'm sure watching again, uh, the next question I put to you, he's been skirting around the city, he went to Toowoomba and then you've been to the Gold Coast, a happy hunting ground. Where does Prince of Boom go next? The next logical step um, will be in three weeks' time. Um, <laughs> it's either the Kingsford Smith or the Fred Best. So we either step him up to Group 1, wait for age, or stick to three-year-olds uh, and, and take on the Fred Best. So I spoke to Rob yesterday um, as he was preparing uh, for the Archer. Uh, and so we just had a quick chat about it. We're just going to let the dust settle at this stage and... and have a good think about it. But, you know, both seem nice options. Um, but, you know, yeah. I don't think a three-year-old gets thrown in at this time of year at wait for age. So mm. it, it'll be a big step against some pretty tough, you know, hardened older horses that are, are top-quality sprinters. Um, or else we could go the, the Fred Best and, and if he runs the 1400 and, and, and gets a nice run. Uh, that that gives us a chance at the Stradbroke, I guess, um, at a lightweight. But you know, this is all all pipe dreams, I guess. So, but the horse does. He he just keeps lifting every time we we sort of set him a task. He he measures up. So um, yeah. Tell us about a dream. As David mentioned, there was a lot of excitement down in that mounting yard yesterday. Tell us about the team of people in, in this horse and the, the makeup of them. Are they long-term clients? Are they new to racing? What's the what's the story of the Prince of Boom team? Uh, it's a it's a it's a motley crew of both. Um, it, it <laughs> we've got some 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 good old clients in it, and we've got a lot of new clients as well. So that's great for us. Um, but yeah, when you see when you see you know, old men dancing around, jumping and hugging each other. You know, you know they're on some pretty good gear. Um, <laughs> so, it, yeah, it, it's just a, a great group of people that are all starting to, you know, it, it, it's great to watch friendships sort of develop and, and be a part of it when when you do have those big wins like that. You sort of, it it, it sort of punches home what we do and why we do it, I think, when you when you're in the thick of that. So. Paul, you, you, you're spot on there. This program, Past the Post, is presented by Archer Park Racing, and they're in a similar sort of phase where, uh, well, their, their motto is taking racing ownership to the next level. This is a, a chance for you to have a free plug here. Just tell us about how Adrenaline Thoroughbred started. Uh, we, we've been around probably about 10 years now. Um, so it... it I, I had always wanted to sort of get into syndication when my father was training. Um, so I used to bounce ideas off Michael Vincent, my, you know, my business partner in Adrenaline. Um, he used to race horses with Rob Heathcote 
um, I think Colonial Lass. He was in Colonial Lass. He also had, you know, shares in horses in Melbourne, you know, Juro Valley and stuff like that. So just bouncing ideas off him and he decided that he wanted to come become a part of it. And so we just sort of got going and started with one horse, um, uh, a filly by Sequalo. So the affinity with that, that breed goes back to the beginning. Um, that we had with Tony Golan, I think, back in 2012. So uh, it's just been a steady build-up sort of along the way from there. And and your your processes, uh, you're active at the yearling sales, do you look for tried horses? Is it a combination of both? We've always been active at, at, at yearling sales. We go through them. Um, I have our vet. Phil Begay has come along and he sort of, he looks at all the, the final list with me and have a good chat about what what we like about both of them and then sort of try and come up with, with prices. So, um, and just recently we started to get into some tried horses. So we're having some luck there. Um, you probably know we've, we've got Aswat. Um, she's won close to 100,000, you know, since we've had her this year. Holiday Dreams. Uh, Holiday Dreams is one too from three. We've got Renouf. We paid twenty five thousand dollars for Renouf, and she's won, oh, touching on a hundred thousand, and probably unlucky not to be more uh, since we've had her this year. And Paul Jenkins is hopefully, you know, he he might have her ready for a tilt at a little bit of black type late in the in the carnival. So we're 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 sort of um, you got a couple of couple of uh, irons in the fire uh, lately, so I think we're yeah, being in Brisbane. I think we're just in a good position to be able to pick off nice horses in, in harder racing jurisdictions that can that can come here and perform well. And operations like yours, I mean, the the best advertisement is winning races, and Prince of Boomers is delivering in spades. Not only winning, but winning at a at a high level. Appreciate your time this morning, Paul. Good to chat to you for the first time, and. Fingers crossed we do chat again during the carnival. Thanks, David. And thanks, Nathan. Yeah, it's been good. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah, we are in the in the winner's circle and chat again. See, mate, it's not that hard at all. <laughs> what was he scared? Was he Thank coming you. up? <laughs> thanks, Paul. Uh, good on you, mate. Have, have no a good problem. Day. Have a good morning. Thanks, guys. Bye. There is Paul Beater from Adrenaline Thoroughbreds and uh, a, good result, a good result for Queensland Racing as well, of course, by Spirit of Boom and... Uh, we saw them there, all of their glory on Jewel Day, and they were back again yesterday. I, I just have to take my hat off to the horse. Like, just kept waiting for him to puncture in the straight. It was that was a proper race, as you say. The, the margin to third sort of underlines the performance of the first two. He's genuine top liner in uh, in New Zealand, the runner-up, and uh, he just wouldn't go away. Prince of Boom was. Terrific performance, but I think it sets up nicely. We're looking for horses to emerge through this carnival. I think True. sort of state, now we've seen him do it. Mark Walker on Friday had reservations about running on the wet track. Clearly thinks he's a better horse on top of the ground. I I think he can win a good race this horse over the carnival sort of state. And worth pointing out too, or worth remembering, apart from the, the wet track with sort of said, he hadn't run for two months either. He hadn't run since that's, early that's March. True. So there's going to be a, a fitness benefit there, but... Oh, Prince of Boom, he's just he, he's uh, he's smacking them at the moment, and 
Yeah, they beat the others easily. I do think a thread through the whole day will be to treat the form with a little bit of caution, particularly for those who finish down the track because yeah. they may just not have coped with the, the conditions. Be forgiving of those. We should also mention Jimmy Orman, who's been our guest the past two weeks. It just continues to happen for him. Another double there yesterday, winning the first for Chris Waller and then really extracting everything out of Prince of Boom. He's, he's in the zone and, and I think he's probably really enjoying competing against these interstate jockeys, David, and succeeding. I think I said the other day, it's his time. Mm. It's been his time for a few weeks now. You can yes. keep thinking, is it going to end? But it just keeps on going. That, yes. and that's, that's good to see. Let's go to the, the Ken Russell Classic presented by the Tab and Natuno. Natuno was uh, all the rage during the morning betting-wise, still ran the favourite, but got out to $2.20 when the when the starter said go. Natuno's had a cushy run in front, trying to edge away from Alude as they round the turn. They go about five or six away from the rail. She's a belter slipping up to the inside, then Robusto. West of Africa being called upon with that big baldy face, and Midnight in Tokyo is coming through as well. He starts to get busy on Natuno and responds from Midnight in Tokyo. West of Africa, Robusto. Natuno is still the leader with 100 left to run. Midnight in Tokyo up to second, then she's a belter. Natuno in front, no gas in the tank, but gets home. Natuno. Been a very gay midnight in Tokyo. She's about the third, then Robusto. West of Africa couldn't come on when needed. Then Stroll, followed by Iron Grace, a lewd and fearless night, lust over the line in 114.31. Well, I might have to be ready to be shot down in flames here by our next guest for saying there was no gas in the tank. Maybe that was a bit premature and maybe that was a bit harsh because it wasn't a big margin, but nevertheless, uh, winning's what it's all about. Three from three for Natuno. Let's say good morning to Tony Gold and his trainer. How are you? Yeah, good morning, guys. Uh, I, I, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. And I, I look back at Natuno, like I look back at Zaki, very similar profiles. Both were short price favourites. Both led. Both didn't win by big margin. So I, the first question I'd put to you, watching Natuno on the straight, and you know the horse better than anyone else, were you a little anxious down the running? Yeah, no, I was. I, I was actually before the corner, I... I didn't love the way that he was going through the middle stages. Mm. Just wasn't relaxing like I'd want. And I just seen Ryan give him a slap on the shoulder about the 500 to pick him up. And you'd see that he he just wasn't using his action the way he did at Doom. And he was just struggling a little bit in the ground. And once Ryan gave him that slap down the shoulder at the 500, I got very nervous. I thought, geez, it's going to be a long way home from here. Um, but he, he knuckled down really well. And I, I probably agree with you, Cole. It didn't look like there was much gas in the tank. But when I watched the replay, I really thought, as the other horse got to him, he actually fought through the line. He was actually going away from it again, past the post. So I thought it was a pretty good win. No hesitation straight after the race, Tony, saying that's it, pull up stumps for, for this campaign and you look further afield to the spring. Um, race like the Coolmore Stud Stakes, I imagine, is a natural long-term target. Yeah, Nathan, um, it was always the plan to pull up stumps, to be honest, after this race. I never, I did put noms in for a few of the other races with him, but probably just a waste of money. So racing Queensland can maybe refund that if they like. Um, <laughs> Good luck with that. No, I, I, they, I don't think they will. No, we're always going to pull up stumps after this. I, this is, you know, his first racing prep. He's a, he's a, quite a new horse and he, he's definitely learning what it's all about. He, he's got all the, the ability in the world and once he learns to execute races properly, I think we've got something, you know, pretty pretty nice to, to work with. So it was always a plan for to pull up now. It was either this or you know, the champagne if I didn't want to go this week. So we've done that yesterday, got the job done, and he can have a nice rest. And, yeah, you're right, the Coolmore is certainly the race that, that we're very interested interested in with him. There's a fair bit of water to run to the bridge between now and then. So it's just how we get there. I'd probably favour an early 
an early spring prep in Sydney and then back off to the Coolmore. It's been a, a pretty good model mm. for previous year's winners. So we'll probably try and follow the same route. The point I made yesterday morning on radio with Natuno that, that, that strikes me, you know, if, you, if you're trying to find uh, an avenue of why you think a horse is such a good horse, that day he won at Doombin, if he'd won going fairly full tilt and run 110.48 on that, that soft track, you would have said, well, that's a good gallop. But he ran 110.48 on that soft track, throttled down. So you know, who knows what time he would have won. That's not the point of the business. The point is winning. But it struck me that day that this must be a very good horse to run that time doing it so easily. Yeah, you're right, Dave. He does do things really easily. I think he wants to learn to put it all together. I think he's still just a big work in progress, which you, you saw a fair bit of that again yesterday. You saw it at Doombin briefly He um, when he got outside lead at, at Doombin. He just... Um, he just wanted to be a bit fierce yesterday when that when Chris Munster saw salute when it was outside of him. He just wanted to race it before he could Brian let him work up underneath. And I just think once he learns to get a bit of cover or we let him stride a little bit more, you'll see a much nicer horse. David kind of touched on it there. Do you think we'll see a better horse when he's on top of the ground? Show more of a turn of foot? Oh look, mate, we always have a year this time when wet trackers win. Yeah. This horse is better on top of the ground, yada yada yada. Look, he handles he handles wet ground. I don't know if he was handling that track yesterday very well, to be honest. I, I think that's that was definitely the outer the outer perimeter of, of the sort of ground that he wants to handle. Did like we saw Zaki, I think, in the Hollandale. He's a yeah, far better horse than probably what we saw yesterday as well. So I think this horse fits that profile. I think he got through the ground, otherwise he wouldn't have won. But I don't think he loved it yesterday. I think on the soft ground, he was awfully effective at Doom, and you've got far more of a glimpse of what the horse can do. So when we get on top of the ground, yeah, look, we, we feel that, it, that it'll be perfect for him. But, look, that's just getting there and watch him do it. He's potentially the most valuable horse you've ever trained. He's an expensive yearling who's now, <laughs> well, that's a fact, a group-winning two-year-old by the, the top stallion. Um, Brian Seenson and the, the Black Soil team are, are in him, but he races in the Sejinho colours. Is is he the first horse you've trained for Kevin Maloney in the Sejinho team? Yeah, he is, actually. Yeah, no, Kevin, Kevin and I met each other uh, the year before I bought him, and we decided we'd, we'd race a horse together. And, yeah, this was the, the first one I sort of pitched at him. We were lining up for lunch at Magic Means, and... I just bought one. I think you should jump into it. And <laughs> he does his due diligence with Billy Mitchell, etc. And we decided, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd have a crack with this one. And he bought in and he wanted the colours on and did a deal with Brian. Because Brian likes to race him in his colours as well. It was always a bit yeah, controversial. Brian was telling colours. me with the, the arm wrestle for the, the colours. Yeah, the colours. So I had a bit of negotiating there. But we, we got the job done in the end. But no, it's a, it's a really nice syndicate of, of owners. You know, Yarraman Park in there and Sedgen Ho. Simon George is a terrific owner and a, and a great friend. And uh, Brian Seamson and his crew. So there's a, there's a really good bunch of people in the horse, and well, they're all pretty lucky blokes in life, and they take them out to the racetrack. And he is a very valuable colt, but look, you know, my job's not to worry too much about that. It's about just getting the job done. And if we can win a group one, well, you know, that, then the job will totally be done. But even off yesterday, we're, we're well on our way. Mm. We put Gold Coast behind us. We go towards this week, and we're in a pickle, aren't we? Because we look at the <laughs> weather reports, and it looks horrendous. Um, yeah. What happens with isotope? Oh, look, David, I'm not sure, mate, to be honest. If, if we were to get that really heavy ground, like, say, yesterday's track, for example, I wouldn't run. I'd, I'd leave her. We'd just go to the Kingston Smith. Mm. Um, I don't know. Nathan might know more than me. He's a, a BRC uh, employee. He might know whether there's any thoughts about moving this meeting to, to Eagle Farm. What I'd would your thoughts be on that, Tony? Yeah, look, I'd, I'd look at the weather forecast ahead and... You know, if we're going to be a likelihood of not racing at Dooman, I think it's a no-brainer. But 
I mean, these things have to be made out early in the week. So um, I don't think it'll be the worst move, no, with the forecast the way it is. I mean, when the Premier is warning us about flooding, we'd probably be a bit concerned about a race meeting, wouldn't we? Yeah, and I think the the very prescient point you make is that if a decision is made, or when it has to be made earlier than later, and I think everyone agrees with that. So, you know, they are tricky times. Uh, you know, often often you'll see rain predicted and it doesn't eventuate, but I think it's best to err on the side of caution. So that's an issue for the, for the BRC... Uh, head honchos, we all one of them. BRC and Racing Queensland, to be pointed out. Um, look, that's obviously a discussion that needs to needs to happen. Um, the forecast is there for everyone to see. What day that might happen, I'm not sure. You got four paid up in the ten thousand, Tony. Would the the other three be heading that way as well? Well, that would possibly depend on the decision. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think Ice Age and Vega One are the, are the main two. Right. Um, yeah, they're, they're the main two. For the ten thousand, but like I said, it depends on where we race and the sort of track we get, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, then, then we'll be able to make better decisions. But you know, like you said, Dave, we're all we're all looking at this weather forecast. We're preparing our horses as best we can, but it's a it's a, it's a very uncertain, you know, mindset you're sort of going into things with because you're just not knowing, you know, what sort of ground or, or where you know where you're going to be racing, which is which is a little bit frustrating. But look, that that's just part and parcel. You know, Sydney went through it all autumn and. We're going through it now, but we're in the situation here in Queensland with Eagle Farm, with its, you know, draining system it has, and, and the fact we can get there on, on very good ground. Um, you know, we, we can probably make that decision earlier, and everyone's mind can be at ease. And we can make better decisions based around that. We'll let you go, but I just want to ask you one question, and, and you just mentioned Vega One. I, I wasn't paying much attention to him because I, I saw his trial, and it wasn't flattering. But and then I. Watched him in the victory and again didn't pay much attention to him. But I've seen a bit of sectional information, timing information, that suggests that um, there was nothing wrong with his run in, in the victory. In fact, it was quite a quite a nice run. The times back it up. Yeah, he's coming along quite nice. I missed that second trial with him, which is which is awfully you know crucial when you when you're this long off the scene that he has. He, you know, he's basically carnival to carnival. You know, he's gone a whole winter, whole year back to the winter carnival again. So. At the trial, missing that was was difficult, but he ran really good late. He probably got the race got away on him a little bit. Through the line, he was terrific. Um, look, can he trouble him in the 10,000? Probably not. Probably should have run behind. By the time he the Kingston Smith and the Stradbroke, I think he'll be, he'll be bang on target. So, you know, his third and fourth runs in the prep, and that's when you, you probably want to be on Vega 1. So, you probably, you know, let him, let him full go this week and, and look to him for the Kingston Smith and the Stradbroke. 100%. Always appreciate your time. Thanks for this morning. Thanks, guys. Enjoy your Sunday. There he is, Tony Gollan, joining us, and uh, Natuno now pulls up stumps. Let's push on, because a few of the races we want to talk about, uh, the traditional Oaks path is the, the bracelet. Gypsy Goddess was the favourite. In the straight, they fan across the track. 300 left to run. Canadian Dancer in full flight from Smirk the inside and Jin Martini the outside joining in strongly. Then Dynasty still running on and here's Gypsy Goddess coming with a powerful run right down the outside. Dynasty's reached the lead. Gypsy Goddess a length behind it. They're at the 100 metres. Dynasty's in front in full flight. Gypsy Goddess can't get there. Dynasty's won. Big Gypsy Goddess. Smirk Jin Martini. Then stalking Mokalua. Canadian Dancer ties eye secret tails. Our Bell fee prickly poppy out towards the tail in a gallop of 156.87. This was when I was a bit dirty. I didn't have something on but mm. around the nine dollars. I thought the run first up at Ramwick was good. Espiona was uh, behind a superstar, clearly yeah. dominant. And uh, 
But she's taken a good step, 1,400 to 1,800 on a testing track, gave them a start, and probably Hell Gypsy got us in the run of the line. I think she did. Um, you know, maybe 1,800 sits in a real sweet spot for, for dynasties. Um, and it's not the best guide to the Oaks. I think Tinto may have done the double, but I can't think of uh, too many others that that, that have. Um, but I agree with you. She was holding her on the line. Here's the Oaks market, Dave. Gypsy Goddess, three. Dynasty's $8. Then Glint of Hope and Barb Raider, eight and $11. I would say that the market's probably not showing enough respect to those ones coming through the, the South Australian Group 1. Um, they'll both stay... And is she becoming costly, Gypsy Goddess? Where do you, where are you sitting with her at the moment? No, she doesn't lose any uh, casts with me. Um, uh, you know, uh, she's she's come off a, a very testing run on a, on a testing track of the Oaks in Sydney. Uh, I thought her run was good. I thought Dennis's run was just as good, but I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be sacking her, and I wouldn't be. So you're you're in her camp three dollars. Um. Not yet. Um, be interesting to see what David Van Dyke does. He's not committed to the Roses. He, he may still just go that four weeks, and he's shown that he's happy to do that's, those sort of things with this filly. So, yeah, I tend look, she was good yesterday. She was just in an impossible position. Um, she just she doesn't run badly ever. No. And 2,200 on the firm track. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing her back on a firm track. I know she's probably handled these wet tracks, but I'm not sure she's at her best on them. Let's go to the Silk Stocking. It was an open affair as far as the betting was concerned. Siesta Key giving them something to catch as they come around the turn. 400 metres left to run. Slipped into the straight nicely clear from Enterprise Karen Winter Rain. Zenifer going to the centre of the track with Cafe Royale. They're making ground. Where's Yamazaki? Still five or six lengths off them. Soon afterwards, Zenifer on the outside raced up and hit the lead. April Rain's after despite a wide run. Then Cafe Royale and Zenifer in front from Cafe Royale and April Rain. Zenifer's the leader finding plenty under pressure. She's first up and she's too good for them. A good win girl Zenifer beat April Rain or Cafe Royal fourth over the line was Stolen Jade uh, Yamazaki not too far away either then came Adelaide's Enterprise Karen followed by Siesta Key Winter Rain Bonham then Dancing Dollar Julia pulling up towards the tail beating one to the line Zach Attack in 127.89 this mare doesn't know how to run a bad race but particularly uh, uh, good training effort by Jack Duncan having her ready to win first up since the summer on what was, uh, as we've been saying, time and time again, a testing track and giving Ben Thompson the second leg of a feature double. He won the bat out of hell on Esther La Roca. Yeah, good to see Ben come back into form after having that forced time on the sidelines. And the story was really about Jack Duncan to be... You know, we all know what he went through last year and to be preparing a feature race winner like that was a terrific story and would have given him great satisfaction. Let's go to the last, decimated <coughs> by scratchings. Uh, Soxagon certainly wasn't unnoticed in betting. Here's the replay. In the straight, Grey Worm headed by Soxagon who drove to a lead, a clear lead. Last chance in hot pursuit, simply fly running on. No shooting for gold or Salatine, but Soxagon's in full flight with over 100 left to run. Nicely clear, last chance will only provide the Quinella result. Good go for third, but too good Soxagon. Great effort first up, beat home last chance. Third Salatine, fourth shooting for gold. Then Grey Worm, Desert Lord, simply fire didn't come on. And Royal Hale last over the line in 113.76. This was very authoritative on a, on a surface that I didn't think would really suit him. There was a nibble for him in the market, so he was he was kept very safe. But uh, uh, an ag aggressive ride, an enterprising ride by Stewart to get going early and get up there and then uh, take the lead off a of ruffie and put the issue beyond doubt. Hasn't he been a good horse over a good number of seasons now? I remember he, mm. he 
he's ran second of Vega one in the gateway and then he, he went on with it. I think he got an injured... Uh, he was off for a long time after he ran second uh, to 11-11 in the Magic Millions last year. Um, he's a $51 chance in the Stradbroke. He, he'll run better than a lot of those that are ahead of him in the market. I assume he'll, he'll get into the field given his performances. Uh, I wouldn't think he's hopeless in that race. For sure and certain. Let's listen to the final replay from Aquas Park Gold Coast yesterday. Let's see how Nathan X will be special with <laughs> LaBelle. <laughs> In the straight, Tavian Prince led. Youngblood, the first challenger. There's Soprano Supreme sneaking up to the inside with Isabella Spring. Stardo battling away. Swords drawn battling. Alakard battling. And Dunhill were all battling. Soprano Supreme on the inside. Went up to make a line of five. May have taken a narrow lead. Isabella Spring comes in. And on the outside, Stardome. I'd say finishing the best. Yes, Stardome won the Forex Gold Coast Cup. Beat Soprano Supreme, Isabella Spring and Youngblood. Then Tavian Prince saw drawn Dunhill, followed by Alec Ahan, LaBelle, never got into it and just beat home the roughy. Love the look. Last in 236.97. At least you're out of your misery oh, a fair was, way from home. I was hopefully, oh, hopeful Brownie might have pulled down the, the, the audio before he got to that. Yeah, it was out of my misery around the 1200. I was looking and, oh, look at this is ugly. I think it's going for a spell. LaBelle. I would hope so. Stardome, well he's, uh, he's there nearly every week, week in, week out and uh, Never runs badly, so... No, we just expect at this time of year that the ones that we see here week to week aren't good enough, so uh, in the right stable to do it. And well done, Mark Duplessis. He's getting a few more opportunities now 100%. with that 52 sort of limit coming into play, so you know, one of the nice guys. So next Saturday is Dooman 10,000 Day, a host of other feature races as well. We'll talk more about that, of course. It will be a story, no doubt, uh, in the early part of the week regarding the weather. Let's turn our attention now to Morpha Villas. The Autumn Carnival continues. And yesterday, the girls were on display in the Group 1 Sangster. Here's the replay. They spin the bend, snap dancer straightened in front, a couple on all banter away game, another award, September run charging through the fence, Bella Vella, Champagne Dreams, then Bella Nipotina, but snap dancer in full flight, away game into the clear, away game chasing snap dancer, snap dancer kept going at any old price, and snap dancer takes out the Sangster all the way from away game, September run through to run third, ahead of either Bella Nipotina, another award, and Brooklyn Hustle. Then Argentia, Shalo, Instant Celebrity, All Banter, Heresy, Champagne Dreams, Bella Vella, followed by So You Assume and Gaze Gree. I took a particular interest in this race, having a share in one of the horses, and when I saw the field, like a, a, a great collection of you know, top-quality spreading mares, I couldn't believe the price that Snap Dancer was. I knew the barrier was ugly, but mm. oh, gee, Ethan Brown made, made light work didn't, of it early, didn't he? And she was highballing the whole way, wasn't she? So if you did stick with her, you were on good terms with yourself. And those back in the field just looked like they were in ugly spots, didn't they? More fancied runners. She's a top-class mare, Snap Dancer, for Kieran Maher and David Eustace. And Brad Spicer shares in the ownership. And he's joining us on Past the Post. Brad, congratulations. Yeah, morning. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it was a really a huge thrill to to get uh, to group one level and really dominate yesterday and uh, you know she's thoroughly deserved it she's uh, obviously proven she's a high class mayor and just glad she could do it on the big stage there yesterday yeah exactly right I, I just made mention to Nathan before that uh, the barrier looked ugly I think even Kieran Ma might have said this post race uh, she got across so easily didn't she she did and, and look doing all the speed match beforehand we thought she'd be back probably three wide with a bit of cover sort of that second or third line back and <laughs> uh, and, and then when she just jumped out obviously uh um you know 
she just was so dominant from the front. Now, I think just being such a big mare that I think maybe drawing 16 just sort of helped her, really, because she was able to just do it pretty easy, and Ethan just cruised across and didn't hold her up, and uh, just, uh, yeah, it just worked perfectly for her, so which was great. Brad, we've seen her twice in Queensland on the Gold Coast. She was third in the Magic Millions back in 2021. Then she had that long time off, best part of 300 days off, and just we saw her again this year where she was good enough to win it. Document to us why she did have that long off, and it seems to me that she'd come back a better as a result of it. Yeah, look, it was by design. We, we sort of uh, mapped the plan out last year to have a very light year and put all our eggs in one basket and head towards the Magic Millions uh, mares race with her, and mm-hmm. thank God that that all worked out. And she's always proven to to Kieran and Dave that um, you know, she's a, a really good fresh mare. And um, you know, just, I think, having that one run of the new market and failing, and we, we had to try again because all those good horses failed down the outside. And, and Dave was pretty keen to put her in the paddock. Uh, and I said, look, I think you've just got to give her one more. What, <laughs> what, what, why don't we just go to the Sangster? And it uh, gives us sort of six weeks between runs. We can freshen her up and, and, and give her a crack there. And we're not losing too much because the plan was always uh, the Magic Millions again this year. So um, it was either go to Adelaide, Sangster, or maybe go to the Tastiara. Uh, but now I think, uh, you know, going to Sangster was a, uh, a blessing. And then hopefully we can go to the Tastiara now. Okay, so we look forward to seeing you up here in, in June. And a special mention due to Ethan Brown. Yeah, oh, look, that was probably, for me, was the biggest thrill of the race. Um, you know, I've been sort of associated with Ethan since about 2017. He, when he was a young apprentice, he was riding for Darren Weir, and we had quite a bit of success together. And then uh, I was pretty instrumental in getting him up to Lindsay Smith at Mournable and had a lot of success there with Lindsay. And, uh, you know, when uh, Kieran and Dave put his name up for Snap Dancer in Adelaide, I was I was wrapped. Uh, a few of the owners uh, thought we could get a, a higher you know, sort of quality jockey, but uh, I, I've really, um, you know, told him that Ethan's right up there with the best and he just hasn't had the opportunities yet. Um, and, and I'll get a huge kick out of that because we've sort of given uh, Jai McNeil his first Group 1 winner in 2019 and Jai's gone on to be that leading rider here in Melbourne and Ethan's got the same sort of talent. So hopefully it's the, it's the win that kicks him along. Brad, she's a daughter of Schwarzier, a stallion that's been very good to you. Yeah, yeah. Look, he's uh, he's been a super horse for us over the years. Obviously, put us on the map with Star Spangled Banner and uh, a few other horses. We had Mister Individual and uh, and through that line, um, you know, Star Spangled Banner side the Wow Signal over in Europe, and we've got How Romantic out of the Wow Signal, and now she's come along. And you know, um, unfortunately, we sort of lost him just recently, yeah. Schwarzier. So we we can't uh, keep buying him for many more years to come, but um, hopefully his legacy will live on through these sort of mares. And Star Spangled Banner, he's still doing a job there at Rosemont. You stay in touch with him? Yeah, yeah. I'll go, go down and see him every, every now and then, but um, he's uh, obviously doing uh, great things up in Europe. So mm. um, there's, you know, he, his uh, service fee has gone through the roof up there and, and he might be going so well, he might not come back to Australia. <laughs> so, uh, which is great for him. He's a, he's a wonderful horse and obviously followed Swazi's foot, footsteps and went over to, and uh, performed at, at Royal Ascot and in the uh, July Cup there, which is, uh, you know, it's pretty proud knowing that you've gone to the yearling sales, put your hand yeah. up for a, a horse and they've travelled the world and, you know, dominated, which is great. Brad, great to hear. Happy owners. Congratulations to you and the team on Snap Dance. Look forward to seeing you up here in Brisbane in June. Likewise, guys. Thanks very much. Brad Spicer joining us this morning in Snap Dancer. Here making light work of the alley, controlled the race, and she was too good. She certainly was. It was. A, it was a, I thought it was a deep sangster. You had to wait for age. Last night, Group 1 wait for age winner there in September run. 
Brooklyn Hustle, they love putting the money on Brooklyn Hustle, don't they? And it's never an easy watch with her. But so I think she's on her way here again, maybe a swan song in the, in the tiara. So that, as it does each year, those mare series here will just build in strength. Let's go to some other features at Morpherville yesterday. And one of the, the lead-ups to the Goodwood, which is in two weeks' time, is the Mackay Stakes. And this was a busy finish. Here's the replay with Brett. Pressuring now, Azar to Savatu Excel and Azar takes over. Savatu Excel sprints sharply to match. Free of debt, Miss Albania. Not much doing from the back of the field. Bo Ross is not there. Neither is Ironclad or Bohemoth. Savatu Excel, free of debt's after him. Azar hangs around the Inferno late. Screaming finish. Free of debt lunged. At Savatu Excel, very tight. Azar between them, the Inferno wider out. Then Miss Albania, Behemoth got going late, followed by Ironclad, Shimino, Outlaws Revenge, Dexalation, Aston Rapova, and Bo Ross is near the rear. Yes, free of debt, getting up at good odds. He now goes to the Goodwood. Chris Big trains. My mate Mark Pickering, congratulations. That's been a great ride with this horse. Uh, that's his seventh win. Promised a lot as a two-year-old, uh, but um, uh, he's been bobbing up here and there and everywhere at really good odds. And, uh, yes, they got the job done. Yeah, it did. And just a couple of high-profile sort of failures there, weren't they? Behemoth was unlucky. Uh, he just he couldn't get a run at a vital stage. I reckon from about 50 to 100 metres, he just couldn't get out. And then once he did extricate, the race was over. So he'd lose no admirers. Still a wide market for the Goodwood. Uh, $6, I think, each of two Extreme Warrior and... And help me. I will help you. Hang on a second, help David. Me. In the boat. In the boat. Showmanship, $8 on the third line. Who ran at uh, the, the one goom at Warnable on Wednesday. Let's go to the uh, feature mayor's race, the Queen of the South. As they swing for home, Wild Imagination. Comic has been able to sneak through and wider out La Dragon T. La Dragon T, Comica. They go up to Wild Imagination. Foxy Frieda and Toco Rangi, they're barging through. They're coming after Comica and Silent Sovereign wider out. Silent Sovereign, Foxy Frieda's powering through. Silent Sovereign in front from Foxy Frieda. Silent Sovereign from Foxy Frieda. Comica battled on. Held third just ahead of Star L Belplacer. La Dragon Tree ran a big race but just folded the last hundred. Toco Rangi, then Wild Imagination, Karma Lash. Consistent Mayor Silent Sovereign for Tony and Calvin McAvoy and winning yesterday's Group 2 Queen of the South. Our final replay from Morfordville is the, the Tobin Bronze for the three-year-old. Serides now goes for home and kicks hard again. Serides, 250 metres to run, moved away. The general can get through underneath Bacchanalia. Then Magic Max, extremely lucky. Karakazoo, the others are struggling. Serides is in full flight here for Williams. He's eyeing off a third and he's got it. Serides races away with the Tobin bronze. Serides by three lengths. Brilliant heady ride from Williams. General Bow second. Maybe Karakazoo third, extremely lucky, and Bacchanalia in that photo, but it's tight. I tell you what, Manhattan Times out wide, not far away either. Leave that to the judge. This really was a tempo-related race. He went to the front, mm. stacked them up. They went the first 600 in 37.72 in a 1,200-metre race. No wonder Sarah Des won. She sprinted home in 34.05. It's a second group win for the season. You won a group three at Mooney Valley last spring. Let's take a break here on Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing. When we come back, we'll listen to the running of the inaugural Archer at Callaghan Park in Rockhampton yesterday. Looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day, this is Pass the Post. 
brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Yes, Archer Park had a slot in the Archer yesterday, Holyfield, and ran the race of his life, the closest of fourths. And of course, don't forget, go to archerparkracing.com.au. I know uh, they bought uh, three, yearlings, three yearlings at the Capricorn sale, speaking of Rocky recently, very affordably priced, and you can race for that big, uh, big race next year, exclusive to those graduates from that sale. That's on the website, archerparkracing.com.au. Well, the Archer was uh, run yesterday. There'd been a lot of publicity leading up to it. We lost Streets of Avalon uh, through a setback, but a field of 11 faced the start-up, and Apache Chase was the favourite. Here's Russell Leonard's broadcast. Apache chased the leader. He shows the way by a half length. Dawn Passage is sticking with him. So too is Hollyfield. The outside crossover still coming. Then Kubrick. Apache chase just in front. Dawn Passage the danger. Apache chase the inside. Dawn Passage the outside. On the outside then Gem Song. Apache chase. Dawn Passage. Jimmy Burney's lifting Apache chase. He's going to hang on Emerald Kingdom. Dive Emerald Kingdom. Now the Apache chase right on the peg. Third, Hollyfield or Dawn Passage. Leave it to the judge. James Song, Kubrick back beyond them. Nikonova, Master Jamie, crossover at a wide run. Venture Ocean, Tizona's last. This was an extraordinarily outstanding ride by, by Ash Butler, Ashley Butler. He jumped Emerald Kingdom in front. He elected to take the trail on Apache Chase, so he was following the right horse. It's a long straight at Callaghan Park. There was no... Well, there looked to be no room on the inside, and then all of a sudden he executed... He had to be patient. He executed a run between Dawn Passage and Holyfield and got there in the nick of time. What a ride. He joins us now. Ash, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Uh, mate, congratulations. Uh, I mean, you can look back at that ride with, with a great amount of pride. Um, it was... It, Perfect in every sense, honestly. Yeah, thanks. Um, look, obviously, I I had the right horse on the day, and it probably helps when I've drawn barrier two, and I can sort of put him where I wanted. Ash, when did you get the call up to to ride Emerald Kingdom? Uh, me and Rob had been talking ever since just after his first trial. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert rang me, and um, you know, just asked if I. Had a ride in the Archer, and I, when he offered me the ride, I was more than happy to take it. And um, you know, I, I thank Rob Heathcote and and Rob Carr who had the the slot um, for putting all their faith in me. You know, they could obviously put anyone they wanted on the horse, and um, they stuck stuck solid with me, and and I'm forever grateful. You said you drew the right gate. You did barrier two. Was it always your plan, or was it always the plan for, for, from Rob and yourself to to take a trail? <laughs> uh, it's funny you say that because, you know, the three weeks leading into it, you know, and watching his replays, he's such a free-going, high-cruising speed sort of horse. Mm. I, I originally said that I would like to have drawn out a little bit so that, you know, I can, I can ride him like that. I can let him free roll. Mm. I can let him get into rhythm without sort of buffering him early. And when we drew barrier two, I wasn't, you know, any other time and you would probably be really happy with barrier two. Um, but the morning, yesterday morning, <laughs> Rob actually texted me and said, third defence is the place to be. <laughs> <laughs> so 
the the original plan that we had for the the three weeks leading in went straight out the door. Um, the morning of we we changed plans and it come off. I wonder I wonder if Rob was thinking the fence was the place to be when he was watching you sit there in a, a zip fastener pocket <laughs> up the straight. But fortune favours the brave. There was enough room to get through and you uh, you timed it well, mate. <laughs> you got there in the last stride. Yeah, it was it was either going to be a really good ride or it was going to be a disaster. And at about the furlong pole, I could feel Rob's hands getting tighter and tighter around my throat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ash, I was thrilled to see you win this race yesterday. I followed your career from when you were an apprentice here with, with the Mars. You made that career decision to sort of head to the north of the state and you've really made a great fist of it up there. When a race like this comes on the calendar, which full credit to everyone involved in it. Obviously, being in that part of the world, you think, geez, it'd be lovely to win that race, but then there'd be another part of you thinking, well, wonder if I get the opportunity. So to have won it in the first year must give you an enormous amount of satisfaction. Yeah. And and, and I, I even I even told a few of the boys there yesterday sitting in the room, it's, you know, for a local jockey, these these sort of races don't come around very often. And, and I even said to a couple, I, I said, this feels like my sort of, my group one, yeah. you know, like those the, those races up up north don't don't come very often. So um, just to to get a ride in the race was was um, was good for for myself. Um, but to win it, um, I think it just sort of I don't know puts me on another level, I guess. Um, and and hopefully I can get another ride in it next year. You've you've. You're not alone in saying you've had uh, issues with weight. What do you ride at comfortably at the moment up in central Queensland? Uh, I've only just recently come back from a broken foot. Um, so I, I haven't really been riding anything under 58 and a half. But, um, you know, coming into carnival time, I, I, I would like to get down to about 57. Um, it just sort of opens up my options a, a little bit more. Um, but it's just, it, it's it's hard at the moment. I, you know, I'm riding. I'm riding work every day, every week. Um, you know, and and you know, we obviously got to travel a little bit more down here. You know, three and a half hours to Mackay, and then it's, you know, if you go to Townsville, it's another four hours from Mackay to Townsville. So, you know, the more I ride work and and work hard, hopefully my weight will come down. And and you know, uh, rides like Emerald Kingdom, you know, over Carnival time, I might. I might end up snagging a good ride over over the carnival. You touched on it there. It's a different lifestyle for, for you jockeys in the central and the north of the state, isn't it? Because you have to be prepared to, to just spend those many, many hours on the road. I think I spoke to you in Cairns last year and you documented to me what the week had been to that point. And it's something that people in the southeast and the metropolitan, metropolitan area sort of don't grasp an awful lot in terms of what you have to do to, to get to the races every day. Yeah, and it... And it it just makes it hard, Nathan, when you when you got to get up and and ride work, and then go home and and then lose weight, and you've only got you know so long before you got to give yourself you know the three and a half hours to get to Mackay, you know, and then you ride all day, and then you have to drive three and a half hours back home again, and then by the time you get home, it's it's nearly time to get off yeah. the track work yeah. again. So, um, look, I'm I'm happy to do it. Um, I'm happy to go anywhere for rides. Um, and, and, and that's the life I chose, you know. Obviously, if I didn't have a weight issue, I, I would enjoy, you know, riding. Not not saying that I don't enjoy it. Um, I would probably enjoy it a lot more, but 
this is the lifestyle I chose, and you know, I've I've got a, a two-year-old daughter and a, and a wife at home, and you know, that I've got to I've got to make a living for the family. Outstanding result yesterday, and I'll, I'll say it again. It bears repeating. It was an outstanding ride. You deserve it. Congratulations, mate. You enjoy the day. You enjoy the celebrations after Emerald Kingdom. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, guys. There is Ashley Butler, Ash Butler, the winning ride of Emerald Kingdom, and uh, he timed his run to perfection. Overall, the concept, excellent, uh, well executed. Uh, I'm sure it was a great day there yesterday. Next year, a little more prize money. I think uh, the club, the amateur club, is hoping for a bit more, so they'll be looking to race in Queensland, and it will be run on a Sunday. Uh, just full credit to everyone involved. They'll They'll tweak a couple of things that they learned from from this year i believe the calcutta on friday made forty thousand dollars which is a big number for uh, a country meeting and they attracted a really good field it was a good you know there's a group three horse beating a group two horse yeah the first one in anything is never easy but, no. but i think uh, all in all uh, they get a 9.9 a out of 10. And the, the story, you know, obviously Rob Heathcote, great for him in connection with Emerald Kingdom, but for a jockey like Ash Butler to get that opportunity and make the most of it, that's a really great story. Well, the weather's not looking too good outside, is it? Those clouds are rolling in. No, no, it sounds like um, the campaign's under underway anyway, so we'll see what unfolds in the um, early parts of this week. Thanks for your time, Dave. Cheers, Dave. Nathan X will be joining me this morning here on Past the Post, brought to Archer Park Racing. And uh, I look forward to your company on Press Room tomorrow morning when we'll speak to all of our regular panellists. Have a good day.